What's up, you guys? Hope all is well. Thank you for tuning in live. Those are of you that are tuning in live right now. Welcome to In the Lab with Hoopsology, episode number two. I am your host for tonight, Matt Thomas. Again, hope you guys are doing well. Hope you are having a great week. Let's get to some announcements first with the podcast. We are part of Off the Glass Basketball Network. You can find this lovely website here at otgbasketball.com. You can find all of our content there, along with content of a lot of other great podcasts, uh, a lot of very team-specific coverage there on those podcasts. So if you have a favorite team, you might want to check that side and see if they have a podcast on it. Um, Real quick, just kind of a summary of what we've done on our show, Hoopsology, since I last talked to you guys, we had my name twin, Matt Thomas. He was the former PA announcer and now is the live play-by-play broadcaster, radio broadcaster for the Houston Rockets. So shout out to my name twin, Matt Thomas. That was a really fun interview. We also had the pleasure of welcoming back Coach Nick from B-Ball Breakdown. He was gracious enough to give us opinions. Justin did a great job running that interview. Um, he gave us opinions on Ben Simmons, the new look bulls, the Lakers, lots of other great stuff. there. fun interview to check out. Always enjoy his perspective. We also had Kyle Speller, who's the former or the current, excuse me, PA announcer for the Denver Nuggets. And we had Brendan Vogt, Uh, of dnvrsports.com. So if you are a Denver Nuggets fan, we dropped an episode on Wednesday that had both Brendan Vogt of DNVR Sports and Kyle Speller, the PA announcer. By the way, every PA announcer that we have interviewed so far, um, I mean, along with interesting tidbits about their experiences recording for the NBA 2K game, uh, that came out NBA 2K22. Um, they also just have great stories in general. So again, I'm going to throw it out there. I said it on the podcast, but I would reiterate, someone needs to sit down with all these PA announcers and make a book out of all their stories. Cause these guys are just chock full of interesting experiences. Every, everyone we've interviewed so far has a really interesting story about how they came to be a PA announcer for their team. So again, lots of great content. We have more great content coming your way. Had a great interview we just finished uh, before I jumped on this stream. So always make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you have everything up to date. Um, Let's go ahead and get into our topics of the week. Let's, Let's not waste any more time here. We are going to look, now that we have a little bit of data, it's still still a small total number, a small sample size, but we're going to look at data. We're going to talk about some stonks today, some team stonks, who's rising, who's falling from what I thought, what I graded in the preseason. So very obviously, I mean, teams that are in the top here uh, from what you can see on the standings are impressive. Of course, I think I I was pretty high on the Knicks in the season preview. They have exceeded expectations, I would say. It does seem like this is going to be a team 
that is going to try hard throughout the regular season as we were predicting. So I think we were right on that. I think I'm still buying Nick's stock at least for the regular season. Um, It doesn't seem like they're going to let up. I went through and looked at all these teams that I'm mentioning. I went through and looked on their schedules just to get a feel of, did they have an easy schedule? A lot of these teams on top did. The Knicks, I would say, had a moderately difficult schedule to start these first five games, and they are sitting pretty at the top of the East there. The Bulls, I think, have exceeded my expectations, certainly. So they have started 4-1. and one. They just lost, matter of fact, to the Knicks tonight. Uh, but the Bulls are are looking great. I think they are looking a lot stronger than where I had them. I, th- I think I had them like eight seed in the East, but they're they're looking on pace to be a lot stronger than that. Of course, it's early. We'll see what happens. The Hornets have been super impressive. I, I think there's a lot to be said for when your team likes each other, when your team is having the type of fun that LaMelo Ball brings to the table. It's it equals exceeding expectations, it seems. I did have them rated as having an easy schedule, slightly more difficult than the Bulls opening schedule, but still a fairly easy schedule. Still, nonetheless, I am very impressed with the Hornets. My Wizards, I, I have to give them a shout out. They just beat the Hawks tonight. I I love you guys. Thank you so much. You got Wizards. I was the only one. I, I'm going to brag about myself real quick. I was the only one on our panel for the the preseason overview to pick the Wizards to make even the play-in games. They're looking pretty so far. Now, it's it's a risky move to place your happiness in the Washington Wizards, and I've done that to an extent this season. I, I'm very nervous about that, but so far, can't. Can't argue with the results. I'm feeling pretty good about that. The Heat are looking strong to start. They've had a fairly easy schedule, but they did recently beat the Nets. So the Heat look a little bit more aggressive to this point through only four games. They look a little more aggressive than I expected them to look. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to the Cavaliers sitting at number six in the East right now. I think they will fall from that. But they have wins over the Hawks, the Nuggets, and the Clippers to this point. So I think heading into those games, at least at the start of the season, I would have penciled those all in as losses. But they have managed to uh, get the W in those three games. They're three and two, six in the East. Um, Scrolling down to the West, the Jazz have been impressive. The Jazz... I picked them as my top seed for the West. They are playing to that right now with some of the rule changes. We'll talk about that in a minute. It's working well for the Jazz. They may be a stronger team this regular season than they were last year. Um, The Warriors have been the darlings again to start this season. They are back in form. Solid ball movement there. 4-0 in the West. They've had a moderately difficult schedule as well. They did the California sweep. So they swept the Kings, the Lakers, the Clippers. Um, Warriors looking good so far. And they don't even have Klay Thompson back yet. So this could be a team, depending on how Klay looks, I I really do think they could have some title aspirations again. Uh, Another team, and I have to give a shout out to 
our buddy, friend of the show, he was on the season preview with us, Alan Munzler, who was high on the Timberwolves to make a rise this season. Now, again, of course, it's only been four games. They've had a fairly easy schedule, but they did get a win against the Bucks. The Timberwolves, they've been impressive. They're sitting third in the West through four games. But I think the way they have shown up in those games, it's a different feel to this Timberwolves team this season. So very exciting stuff there in Minnesota. Let's talk about teams. I'm not as high on their stonks. Their stonks might be falling. Um, And that in the West... We're going to get into the Lakers in more detail a little bit later in the show. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. To this point, I'm not buying Russell Westbrook and his fit on this team. It does give me pause for their postseason chances. It makes me feel good about my prediction of the Lakers not making it into the NBA Finals. But I, I do think this team is certainly going to rise in the standings from where they are right now. I, I do think they will be a great regular season team, but they've started out, out of the gates rough. That's all I want to say about the Lakers right now. The Phoenix Suns are one in three, kind of stumbling out of the box blocks, but they have had a very tough schedule. Um, so I, I'm kind of a push on the Lakers and the Suns. Where I have some real concerns are with some teams in the East. The Celtics, I I was pretty high on the Celtics. I was pretty high on the narrative that the coronavirus, uh, along with injuries, things like that, really, really made the Celtics near impossible to judge last year. It does seem like with an easy schedule, starting the year two and three, I don't know if Marcus Smart is going to be the answer there at point guard. I've got some questions for the Celtics. I'm very doubtful that they will secure the four seed where I picked them in the East. I don't know. You guys let me know your thoughts at at any point on any of these standings where you agree and disagree. Um, Another team that has stumbled out of the blocks, understandably so. It's, It's been a tough schedule, but the Brooklyn Nets, have had a shaky start. I fully expect them to climb to the top of the East. So I'm not selling stocks, stonks on the nets just yet. Um, But I guess the biggest team in the East where I've got some serious concerns now are the Pacers. They've had a lot of injury concerns. So I I think that's the main story. I did have them making the playoffs. I was hoping they could make a push you know, back into maybe a top six team if if they made a trade or something. But it, it does seem like even with the addition of Rick Carlisle, the Pacers are going to struggle this year. Maybe it, depending on how long these injuries keep key players out, um, maybe even miss the playoffs. Uh, I had them as my nine seed. So I wasn't too terribly high on them, but it, it's looking kind of grim right now. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Next topic, our W of the week, I guess we could say winners of the week right here. These guys don't get wins very often. So I'm going to give them the shout out right now. I'm going to give them the win right now. As you can see on the screen, the NBA officials get the win for the opening week of the season. Let's 
Let's give them a hand. Come on, guys. Uh, why do they get the win? Well, because they're swallowing the whistle, maybe even excessively so. Uh, I was watching the Rockets play the Mavs, and there were situations where guys were climbing on each other, basically, and the refs were still not blowing the whistle. But I will say, even though on some plays it affected my team negatively, I would still rather have the bias in this direction, more physical basketball, more contact allowed in the games. I would still rather have this direction than have whistles blowing all the time than having non-basketball moves where players are jumping into each other. There was a recent series of highlights. You can look at my Twitter at Hoopsology Matt. Uh, I retweeted a Nate Duncan thread that showed just in the Nets versus Heat game how much differently the game was being officiated for James Harden. There was one case where he ran into a player trying to draw some contact. The ball flung out of his hand and it just rolled out of bounds and they just let play continue. Oh, so refreshing. Thank you, NBA officials. Let's please, please keep this up. Uh, with a guest we spoke with recently, I won't reveal yet because we still have to release that episode. He was telling us that offensive rating in the league was at 112. This year it's down to 106. So basically, to simplify, to summarize, the defense is being given a chance to do something. The defense is being given more of a chance to have an impact on the game. Yes, it's still going to be an offensively dominant league, especially with the shooters and the talent that we have in the league right now. But, oh, thank you, refs. I don't know if you'll get much more praise the rest of the season just with how people tend to treat officials. And I know there are still bad calls from time to time. This is a tough sport to officiate, but I'm giving the officials the W for holding the whistle for this week. All right, let's get into the L of the week. The L of the week. Who do you think that could be? Who do you think that could be? Who, who's been in the headlines? Who has had a lot of drama? Well, all right, I'll show you. You guys remember this? Dwight and AD fighting on the sidelines. Ugh. You guys remember this? Uh, sorry, this picture is pretty small. That is Rajon Rondo, a Laker, pointing, doing a, a sort of, I don't know, just a weird like finger gun at a fan. And look, I don't want to say too much about this. I don't, I don't know what the fan said to Rondo. The fan got kicked out for slapping Rondo's hand out of his face, but weird to do the finger gun too. I don't know. Just weird. And of course we had the, the infamous LeBron criticism of squid game and then squid game director. Forgive me if I don't pronounce this correctly, but Huang Dong Dong Hyuk uh, responded when asked about LeBron's criticism of the ending of Squid Game. "Quote: Have you seen Space Jam Two? Oh, end quote. Oh my goodness, LeBron getting dunked on. In my opinion, a lot of people on Twitter supporting LeBron in this whole thing. And and yes, of course, you can have the opinion that you don't like the ending of that show." But my goodness, what a comeback by that guy. LeBron's response was basically just a very arrogant, in my opinion. Really? Is this seriously happening right now? Really? 
like, oh, I, I'm came across to me anyway as, oh, I'm I'm so much better than this guy. Who is this guy to say this? LeBron, I'm sorry. He's got you with that Space Jam 2 line. If you're coming into his lane, creating stories, directing uh, shows, big shows, the number one show on Netflix, I- I'm sorry. I, I give uh, director Huang Donghyuk, I give him the win in this situation. For the week, I give the Lakers the loss. Again, between the Dwight AD altercation, which they did, in fairness, do a good job of downplaying. It's not a big deal. Everyone's cool, apparently, according to both Dwight and AD. But then also this weird Rajon Rondo incident and this LeBron James kind of off-the-court weirdness. There's just a lot of drama for the Lakers right now. They're stumbling out of the gate as well. So again, I'm just not buying the Lakers. And it looks like we had a question in our season preview where we all gave our thoughts on who's going to have more drama this season, the Nets or the Lakers. And through week one, that answer is the Lakers. There are problems going on in Brooklyn. The Kyrie thing is an old story. It kind of feels like it's out of circulation, even though teams are... or or announcers rather are still bringing it up from time to time. It's not really a a main headline feels like it's kind of almost been forgotten, at least in terms of the media, at least in terms of, you know, the Twitter mob, all that stuff. Whereas the Lakers just haven't seen seemed ready. And then you combine that with barely getting a win over the Grizzlies, a team they should beat. Although yes, John Morant is awesome. Barely getting a win over the Spurs. Come from behind win. LeBron out with a sore ankle. That's concerning. That's same ankle, to my knowledge, that was hindering him last year. And then you also get a loss to the Thunder. Granted, it was on a back-to-back, but you still got a loss to the Thunder. Even my Rockets beat the Thunder, and my Rockets are struggling right now. So that's our loser of the week. Real quick, we've got about a minute left. I want to do a quick Rocket recap for my fellow Rockets fans out there. Basically, we got our first win of the season in the Friday home opener against the Thunder, won by, I believe, 32. It was a great showing, showed how dynamic and versatile this team can be. However, it was also against a team without a legitimate center. We then went and played the Mavericks, a very competitive game, I thought, up until halftime when we came out of that game and just totally blew the third quarter. And I I apologize, I left out the Sunday game against the Celtics where we lost by 10. Similar story there, though, where we came out of halftime and just totally gave up the game. So I don't know what adjustments are or aren't being made, obviously, at halftime. That seems to be our weakness. The third quarter right now, along with careless turnovers, learning turnovers, I would call them because of our young backcourt, of course. But the Rockets will live and die by how many turnovers they commit per game. Uh, You see games where Kevin Porter Jr., the point guard, has less than five turnovers. They are doing pretty well, even blowing teams out in some cases games where he has more than five turnovers it's problematic it's very problematic blown out by the jazz tonight this thursday night uh not a big surprise there i mean the jazz are awesome at least in the regular season so guys that's been in the lab episode two 
pleasure to have you with me. Thank you so much for joining up. I hope you enjoyed it. You can always let us know your thoughts later on YouTube if I didn't see I'm here. And I wish you guys a great weekend. God bless and take care. Peace.